Well, happy Father's Day to all you dads. I pray that you have a great day. Yeah. I pray that if there are any kids in here, there were some first hour. I'm sure that your purpose today is just to make your dads happy. Right? Yeah. Well, I hope so. Anyway, it never works at my house, but I feel maybe it'll work in somebody else's house. Um, the message that I'm going to share with you this morning fits into basically a series that we've been doing for several weeks to begin uh, with Pastor Aaron talking about us being uh, sent to, to spread the gospel uh, a few weeks back. And then last week I expanded on that idea a little bit that we're sent to sow. Um, that, and it's not so much something that we work ourselves up to do is that wherever we go, we should be the fragrance of Jesus so that the, the, the life of Jesus in us affects those around us naturally. And it's all been working kind of towards his Father's Day message um, that uh, we're, we're going to see that when we get excited about Christ Jesus, being sent is very natural. It, it becomes very organic. You just naturally talk about it because it's what you're into and, and what your heart's excited about. It becomes a propelling excitement that pushes you probably to live your faith um, out loud um, and talk about it uh, readily. So this is really part of a, a three-week series kind of culminating on this uh, Father's Day. By the way, if you're joining us online, I'm glad you're here today. I pray God blesses you richly. Um, I tell you, dads, this, uh, just tune in to me for a moment. Nothing will motivate your kids as much as you being excited about something. Excited about what they're doing and, and encouraging them. There's just, it's such a great way to, to motivate others. And, and when it comes to even sharing our faith or, or, or talking to someone about Jesus Christ, I tell you what, man, if you're excited, it's attractive. It, it, it's propelling. And so we're going to get into uh, this in some detail today. I think a lot of people who are, are, are Christ followers practice a faith that's way too tame. It's controllable. It's not very intrusive. It might even borderline and boring. And unfortunately, when people who don't know Jesus see that kind of faith being expressed frequently, they think it's boring. It's not relevant. It's unintentional, but that's often the, the consequence uh, of, of living a very tame faith. And what I want to say to you today is let it be unleashed a bit in you. Get excited about who Christ is. And I think organically, some of the things that we've been talking about for the last several weeks in this series are uh, uh, you know, a well-designed life or a design for a well-lived life. Some of this will become very natural uh, instead of being uh, something we worked up. And I, I have to say this to myself. Shame on me. Shame on those who make Christianity boring and mundane. So um, we're going we're gonna to begin by looking into how our excitement just motivates uh, kind of this natural, organic sharing of Christ with other people by reading the calling of the disciples, uh, uh, Philip and Nathaniel. So I'm going to go to John chapter 1, and I'm going to read to you verses 43 through 50. Listen to this. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathaniel and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. 
Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? You'll see greater things than that. I love this encounter. I love what takes place. Let me ask you a question. Did anyone tell Philip, share Jesus with Nathanael? It's not recorded. What motivated Philip to share? Was it not excitement? Was he not propelled by his excitement? Hey, Nathaniel, who's a friend of Philip, I found the Messiah. I found the one that Moses has written about. You got to come and see him. It was just organic. It was very natural um, for him to tell his friend about Jesus Christ. There was no methodology. There was no pushing him to do it. It was because his excitement propelled him. When someone's excited, they share. I remember years and years ago, my youngest son, Peter, played seventh grade football. And Pete's a slight person. He wasn't big at the time. He's still not very big. And uh, I, I did what any good father does when their son plays football. I said, it's either you hit hard or get hit hard. Right, Dad? Some of you know what I'm talking about. I play football. I grew up playing football. So either you are the hitter or you're the hitty. It's better to be the hitter, buddy. It's physics here a little bit. And so I was talking to him about tackling. And I said, you cannot do this half-hearted. If you're going to tackle somebody, you tackle them. If you tackle them half-hearted, they will run you over. And it will hurt a lot more. And so by about the last couple of games, he was getting it. And I, I have to admit this. In that last game, he laid the guy out a couple times really well. Just nailed him. I mean, it's football. It's violent. Amen? And so that's what it's about. And I mean, I'm going, okay, there you go. You're getting it. And you know what I did the next day? I talked about it with people. I said, you should have seen my son lay out this kid in football. You know? Why? Because I'm excited about it. And I'm not saying it's Christian. I'm excited. I'm sharing. No one had to prompt me to, to talk about it because I thought my son is getting this and it was fun to watch. We serve the risen Lord Jesus Christ. He's life and life to the full. In him, there is no um, variableness. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. In him is utter perfection. He died for our sins, and we've been set free, and we're heaven-bound. I mean, this should work a little bit of excitement into us. I love how uh, John uh, concludes his gospel in John 21, 25. He says, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. You think John was just a bit excited here about Jesus? He's saying the world can't contain the wisdom of our Messiah. And I tell you what, excitement will prompt you and propel you to do things you otherwise wouldn't do. I want to ask you a question. Are you excited about Jesus today? Yeah, I am. Thank you, Audrey. You see, she has to say that now she's on staff. But at any rate, um, shouldn't we just be really excited about Jesus? And I think we should be more excited about Jesus than, say, I as a father was about my son's football tackles. You know, so here's our big thought for the message this morning. Excitement is powerfully propelling. It's powerfully propelling. It just, it becomes this great pusher and it often gets us to this, what I call organic, just sharing life in Jesus with others. It just happens kind of naturally because you're so excited. Years ago, I ran in the Fargo Marathon. 
I didn't run the marathon. I ran a relay in the marathon. And so my, my daughter talked me into doing this. My second born, Bree, said, Dad, this would be a fun family event. Let's go up to Fargo, North Dakota, and we'll run a marathon relay together. And you can be part of the, the legs. And so she was doing it. Her son, Mike, was doing it. Mike's sister, Missy, was doing it. And then they recruited this old dude named me to do it. So being smart, I looked at the, the, the relay, and I said, I'll run the last leg. It's the shortest one. I didn't think that through very well, because that's the hilly one, the hilly part of the course. That's why it's shorter. But at any rate, I thought I was being smart. I wasn't all that smart. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for my turn to run in this relay. And there's a lot of people running in this marathon. I mean, thousands of them. And you're getting antsy, and you're anticipating. You're getting super excited, right? And I don't know when I get I haven't felt like that for years. But, but just the adrenaline of being with that sheer number of people, and they're all running this marathon, and, and there's a whole bunch of people like me running in this relay. So by the time Bree got to me, she ran the third leg and tagged me. I was one pumped-up dude. I'm amped up, right? I mean, I'm jumping all over. I'm about jumping out of my shoes. So I take off like a wild man. Reckless abandonment now. And so I'm going pretty fast uh, for me. I qualify that. For any of you who are runners, probably not so fast. So I'm running about a seven and a half minute mile. And so I'm going along and I'm feeling great. You know, now I'm going to clue you in. I had just had stents put in about six months before this. But hey, can't let that slow you down. Come on. So I'm running, and I look down at my watch and go, oh, boy, the heart rate's way up there, right? And so, so uh, I, after that first mile, I still felt good. I said, I got I to gotta tone this back down to more like a nine-minute, nine-and-a-half-minute mile so that I don't do something I will regret. And so I ran the last part of it at that pace. But that's what excitement does, right? You just get caught up in the moment. You get kind of carried along and propelled. I tell you what. The best thing that we can do as the body of Jesus Christ is be excited about our Lord. It will cover a multitude of deficiencies. It will be way better than any methodology I could ever share with you about sharing Jesus with other people. If you're just plain excited about him, guess what? It will propel you. It will push you to share on him. Um, by the way, I ran this morning... And it was way slower than nine-minute miles. It was rare. Anyway, but at least I, I ran a few miles. But um, I pray that Jesus just pumps us up and that we're so engaged and so excited that we just begin to be natural at talking about him. When I looked up synonyms for excitement, I did the Aaron Cloud excite, uh, exercise. I alliterated. The man is an alliteration master. Now, I want you to tune in to his messages, how illiterated they are. Do you know what I mean by that word? They, they, everything goes together. So here are some synonyms for excitement in alliteration in, you know, memory and recognition of Aaron Cloud, okay? Enthusiasm is another word for encouragement. I love this word, eagerness. How about this? Exhilaration and encouragement. Probably my favorite one is encouragement. I tell you what, excitement encourages. And this is a, a sub-note here. Excitement encourages while boredom discourages and actually boredom is a detriment. You ever been talking to somebody about a really important subject? Maybe you're even talking with a salesperson that's trying to sell you something and they're, 
they're yawning like every other sentence on you, what, ha- what happens to you? I disengage. I think this person's bored with what they're doing. They're bored with me. Do you have that same kind of sense? I think boredom, boredom is, is, is it discourages you and it causes you to, to detach and it's a deterrent. I remember this was one of my, my sadder moments in terms of ministry perspective. Uh, I had a, a person I knew in Williston who passed away and his funeral was done at a different church than ours. And so out of honor to, to, to his uh, memory, uh, I went to the funeral and uh, the preacher there, our minister, was so monotone in presentation of the material. Uh, there was no voice inflection at all. It was Charlie Brown's parents speaking. Do you remember that? Wah, 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 wah. Only it wasn't even any inflection in it. It was wah, 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 wah. I mean, it was so monotone. And I remember thinking, oh, this is so discouraging to hear this person remembered this way. It's not doing their memory justice and it's not very God honoring. Why are you speaking like this? We have the hope of Jesus. This person has not left this world. He's graduated on to something better. And there should be some kind of excitement. I had a professor in my biblical studies that frequently wrote me this note. He knew that I had this engineering background. And he would write this note to me frequently. Steve, never bore people with the gospel. Go ahead and bore them with physics and calculus. But don't bore them with the gospel. Never bore them with the gospel. It's the best news ever. Now, personally, I think physics and calculus aren't boring. Yeah, you don't even know how to react to that, do you? I think they're kind of fun. But boy, you never want to bore people with the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. So here's a reflection thought for you uh, to consider. Living a sent life that impacts our families and world for Jesus should not be something that we try to work up as much as something that results from being excited about Jesus. There's just something attractive and propelling about being excited. So how do we get excited about Jesus? I want to talk with you on the second half of the message here on that very question. How do we get excited uh, about the Lord Jesus? So we're going to head to another one of, of his encounters that are pretty famous in the New Testament. And we're going, to, we're going to see this encounter with Zacchaeus illustrates how excitement can be promoted and experienced. So I'm going to read to you about this encounter Christ has with this chief tax collector named Zacchaeus found in Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 9. Listen to this. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was uh, by the name, a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, or look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. 
Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is the son of Abraham. So let's look at how to get excited in in Christ um, using this encounter that he has with Zacchaeus. It begins with seriously seeking after Jesus. You want to have excitement built into your life? I think it just begins with getting serious-minded in seeking after him. In the, the account we just read, Zacchaeus wants to see Christ. And he goes to great lengths to see Christ. He's seriously seeking the Lord Jesus Christ. See, whether you're a seasoned veteran in the faith or a novice, just new to the faith in Christ, I think excitement takes place when you seriously seek after the Lord. This dignified chief tax collector did what? Climbed a tree. It was ridiculous. Think of somebody in your life who you really respect a lot. Maybe an older person that's super dignified and carries himself well. What would you think if they were climbing the maple tree in your backyard? Wouldn't that cause you to go, huh, that's not very dignified. That's kind of undignified. And Zacchaeus was earnestly trying to figure out who is Jesus? He was seriously seeking after him. When we get to this place of seriously seeking Jesus, I think excitement begins to bubble up in our lives. It becomes something that's the result of that endeavor. Now, I'm going to say this, and I'm not saying anybody even has this problem here, but I, I, I think sometimes familiarity with Christ can lead to some complacency and we can lose that excitement. I mean, when I first came to Jesus Christ, I was a Jesus freak. Anybody relate to that? I was 13. It was so life-altering. It just so changed me that I would talk to anybody that would listen. I was a bit out of control, in fact. Sometimes, though, like when you're running a marathon relay too fast, it's easier to dial it back than to speed up. And I always tell people, if you're going to err, err there. Be a little bit overly excited. And every now and then, if people are saying, you're over the top, just dial it back a notch. All right? It's easier to get a moving horse to turn than one that's stationary. But at any rate, I'm just throwing out all these things, you know, that hopefully can help. But sometimes we forget about the power of Christ in our lives. We become so familiar with it and so used to it, it loses that excitement. Um, and the crowds on Jesus' day would wait in anticipation for him to come. And they were just ready for him to do miracles and to be life-altering in their life. And I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, in the Lord Jesus Christ, there is a preparation that we should go through to meet with Christ that will enhance incitement. Even like a day like today, I'm praying for you to pray on, on, on Saturday night. Lord God, I want to meet you tomorrow with this other group of people. I love it when people go, amen, after we sing and some clapping. Hey, you know what? We're alive here in Christ. Amen? And there should be some excitement. There should be some kind of engagement in that regard. But I'm going to tell you, it usually begins like Saturday night. If you're hurrying out of the house and you've got two kids that are uncooperative and you come running in here, uh, you know, you're probably not in the right frame of mind to really engage. Do some preparation Ask for a receptive heart. And ask for Christ to move in, in your life. Seriously, seek after him in that regard. And I think you're going to get excited. You're going to go out here and Monday is going to be a different day for you. Because you're jacked up a bit in Jesus Christ. One of the things I notice in the Old Testament is how frequently God says to his people, remember me, 
Remember me. Remember what I've done for you. Don't forget. In fact, if you read the Psalms, that's what they are. Remembering the greatness of God and what he's done. And part of the way that we who are seasoned veterans in in Christ stay excited is to recount and remember the things that God has done in our life so that it brings our freshness to to, uh, Christ freshness of Christ to us and excitement is enhanced and frequently the Psalms would begin with kind of lament oh man God I got all these problems all these things are going on all these people are against me and then the psalmist will turn the corner and he'll begin to recount what God has done and who God is and by the end of the psalm that person's pretty pumped up about what God will do in their lives for example in Psalm 73 the psalmist here is, is Asaph, and, and, and he, he's kind of lamenting what's going on, but then he turns the corner and he says, yet I'm always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterwards you take me to glory. Whom do I have in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire but you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. You, you see where he goes with this? He starts the psalm saying, oh man, things are hard. He gets done, he said, you're my portion forever. And you can just sense the excitement. Why is this the rhythm of the psalm so much? Because excitement propels the follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remembering keeps us from complacency. It keeps us in check and it enhances excitement. So if you came to service today, and I hope I'm not speaking to anybody, but if you came saying nothing's going to move me today and church is boring, chances are you're going to walk out of you with nothing moving you and church being boring. Because the receptivity isn't there. But if you come to a meeting like this saying, oh, I get to worship with a bunch of like-minded believers. We get to lift the name of Jesus up on high. I'm looking so forward to it. Man, watch out. God's going to move on your heart in a good way. And he's going to cause you to be excited. So I remember going to, to church when I was in, in my late teenage years, when I was really getting hot for the Lord Jesus Christ. And they were long services, man. Uh, I've shared this before, but they, they, the services would go three to four hours. Yeah, and singing would last an hour and a half. And like I said, we had a pastor named Don Fortenauer. We call him Don Fortenauer and a half because he preached an hour and a half. And so, you know, we were affectionate with him. I love that guy. He great. One day, I remember he started preaching the book of Revelation, the seven churches. And I thought, oh, my goodness. I reached over and said to Vicky about the third church. He's going to go through all seven churches today. And he did. So, you know what? It was so exciting, though, and so life-altering for me. I couldn't get enough. And I couldn't talk about it enough. And that's what excitement does to you. So let's go to point two here. Let's move on. Jesus looks up at Zacchaeus, and I can just see him. I can visualize this. Now, I know I'm taking a little liberty here, but I can imagine Lord Jesus looking up at Zacchaeus and smiling and going, that cheap tax collector's up in the tree. I want to talk to that guy. And he says, Zacchaeus, come down from the tree, and I'm going to go to your house. And Zacchaeus uh, was going to experience Christ in a very personal and powerful way because he was seriously seeking after Jesus. And I, I think this second point is, is so important if we want to have an excitement in Christ. When Jesus shows up, welcome him gladly. That's what Zacchaeus did. We're told he welcomed him gladly into his house. He was throwing his life wide open to Christ and saying, here I am, my house is your house, come to my house. And I think God is frequently moving in our lives. And we just need to welcome him gladly. And say, do your work. When a song touches you, welcome him gladly. When you start to tear up a little bit, 
don't be Midwestern, cry. Welcome him gladly. When you're talking with a friend and you see something going on that's really neat in their life and Jesus is moving in your conversation, welcome him gladly. Be people who just are receptive to what one God wants to do and what the Holy Spirit is up to. That, friends, builds excitement like hardly anything else does. Let's go to one last uh, point here that I think fuels uh, the fire of excitement, and this is point three. Respond to Jesus and his leading immediately. Immediately. I think sometimes we simply lose the wonderment of what God wants to do in our lives because we're not immediately responsive to a moment that we're in where he's moving mightily on our hearts. I love the immediacy of Zacchaeus. He immediately comes down from the tree and he immediately welcomes Jesus into his house. There's no, well, I got to go home. I got to clean it up. It's kind of a mess right now. I got to make a, I got to put some lamb stew on or whatever. I'm not ready for you. You know, there was this immediacy. And then when you look at the encounter of Philip and Nathaniel, Philip meets Christ and immediately he goes and talks to his friend Nathaniel. There's this, there's this responsiveness that I think fuels Excitement. I don't know about you. I'm a masterful person at excuses, especially when I don't want to do something. I'll do that tomorrow. In the back of my mind going, probably not. If, if I'm being asked to do something uncomfortable, I think, ah, somebody might laugh at me. I don't know if I want to be laughed at right now. When it comes to sharing, sometimes I hear people say, I need a class. <laughs> Maybe. But maybe you can just tell people about what Jesus has done and let it go at that. We lose a lot of excitement because we don't immediately respond when God prompts us. So, so these characters, Zacchaeus and Philip, both had this immediacy thing down. I want to move to one last uh, point to this message. It's really a conclusion, a kind of a summary of what I think I'm trying to say to you today uh, in this whole area of excitement. Jesus should so impact you that it changes how you interact with others in your world. That's essentially what I'm saying. Jesus should so impact you that it changes how you interact with your family and, and with, your, with your world. Jesus changed the kiss. And Zacchaeus interacted with his world differently. He said, if I'm wrong, I'll make it right. If I owe anybody anything, I'll, I'll pay them what I owe them. And Jesus said, yep, salvation's come to this person because I have changed his life. And, and, and he said, this too is a son of Abraham. And then as the Lord so frequently does, he goes right back to his mission statement and he says, for the son of man came to seek and save that which was lost. So, uh, excitement propels. Would you agree with me on that? It does. No matter what you're doing, if you get excited, you're going to go at it with more enthusiasm and more reckless abandonment. And I pray that we become followers of Jesus who are excited. And that becomes a propelling agent in our lives. We see Zacchaeus do this. And man, if you read the Bible closely, if you read the Bible closely, you'll see this is pretty normative for people that ran into Zacchaeus. In fact, I want to end here um, with just a quick kind of reflection moment for you. So back in Luke chapter 8, um, verses uh, uh, 30 through 38, we read about a demon-possessed uh, man who lived in the tombs. He was quite a handful. And uh, Jesus meets up with this man. And when, the, when this man sees Christ, they, 
he cries out, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high? I beg you, don't torture me. And then we find out that this, this person's filled with legion, a bunch of demons, and Jesus casts them out. And, and the man, understandably, is super excited about his delivery from this demonic possession. And he says to Jesus, I want to go with you. I want to follow you. Now, wouldn't you want to do that? I mean, Jesus just delivered you from a whole bunch of demonic, uh, you know, uh, uh, beings in you, wouldn't you want to just follow him? Wouldn't you, want to, wouldn't you think, the best thing I could do with my life right now is just to follow this guy around and watch him do all these miracles and get more and more full of excitement and wonderment? But what does Jesus tell this, this person? Stay home. Tell people about what happened in your life. And I, I've, I've read this several times thinking, huh, that's counterintuitive. It doesn't, on the surface, Makes sense to me. I, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm thinking too hard on some of this, but I, I see frequently in the church today, people will get excited about Jesus, which we should be, right? But what we begin to do if we don't, are, are not very intentional with that excitement is we begin to try to chase after movements and chase after encounters with Christ. And so we might find a favorite teacher and we read everything that they do. We watch all their, you know, YouTube presentations and we listen to all their podcasts and all that. Or we think, oh, Jesus is moving down in Florida and we take a trip down to see what's going on in one of those break forth kind of movement things that's going on. And I can hear Jesus saying to you and me, Stay home. Tell what's happened to you. Let that excitement begin to affect those around you. Quit thinking that I'm off in some particular teacher over here. Quit thinking I'm in some movement over here. I'm in your heart. Let your excitement just bubble over into your world. Change how you live and interact with those around you. See, all the pep talks I could give you in the world aren't going to be as powerful as you just being excited about Lord Jesus Christ. All the methodologies we can share with you about how to live in Christ, how to maybe share your faith, won't be as effective as just being excited about Christ. And so today, my prayer and challenge to you is this. Are you excited about Jesus? This Father's Day, man, Dad. What a gift you give to your families when you're excited about Jesus Christ. How much does that change the world or, or what? Um, man, give them the gift of Jesus. I was laughing when Dave was saying he makes promises and little Phoenix <laughs> remembers the one you don't fulfill. I went through this phase as a dad. I know you wouldn't think I would go through any phases, but at any rate, that I didn't make any promises to my kids. And I was telling my wife, I'm not going to make promises to the kids because they always hold me to it. So what I did was quit making any promises. And I remember Vicky saying to me, I don't think that's a good approach. I thought I was being brilliant because I didn't want to break their promises ever. But then I realized the poor little kids are living in limbo all the time. They never know what we're going to do. And so, you know, um, promises are okay. But, but the best thing you can give your kids is excitement about Christ, Right? It's such a good gift to give to your children and pass on. Uh, I just had my two grandkids with me for eight days. I forget what six-year-olds and four-year-olds are like. They, they, they are interestingly energetic. God bless all you with young children. That's exhausting. At any rate, I had some interesting questions. One day, I'm, I'm leaving to come to church. 
to work. It was like a Monday. And little Roan is eating his mini wheats. And he says to me, Grandpa, how did God create the world? I'm walking out the door. <laughs> and I said, hold that thought. I'll be back in about eight hours. <laughs> it may take eight hours to talk about it. No, I'm just joking. So I, I thought about it all day long, and I thought, well, he is only six. So when I got back, I said, you know, Rowan, he spoke it into existence, and it was. He goes, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, and then I, the, my favorite moment of the week was this. Ezra, when he first shows up, he's four years old. He's just processing things and figuring things out. And he says, Grandpa, you're, you're that one that preaches Jesus, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. They watched me on, on the on their computer, right? Because they, they're up in Tioga, uh, North Dakota. He says, so he's kind of thinking, you're that same person, aren't you? You preach Jesus all the time, don't you? And I said, yeah, I knew so. I told Rowan that. <laughs> I go, man, to be in their house. But you know what? The best gift we can give our kids and our grandkids is to be excited about Jesus. On this Father's Day, that's my prayer for all you fathers. Let's pray, and then I'm going to turn it over to the praise team. Would you bow your heads, please? Lord God, I want to thank you for the example of uh, Philip and Nathaniel, and then, of course, the example of Zacchaeus, and the insight it graces us with on, on, on the place of excitement. And I, I want to pray, God, would we just be excited about you? I pray we remember all the great things you've done in our lives. I pray that we do that frequently and that exercise would cause us to be excited about you. I pray that we'd have fresh encounters with you that would grace us with excitement. I pray that excitement would propel us, Lord, so that on Monday through Saturday, uh, we're just excited about living for you and the fragrance of you, Jesus, is rich in our lives and those around us can, can smell something's up with us, Lord. And I just pray that... Um, you would uh, use that excitement to further your kingdom, Lord. I just pray, light a fire in us, Jesus. Fill us with the person of the Holy Spirit. Uh, may you, Holy Spirit, quicken us and infuse us with thoughts from the Lord Jesus Christ. And may you bring into our hearts this just rumbling and excitement about Jesus and who he is and what he's done for us and what will happen, Lord. We love you so very much. On this Father's Day, I pray for all the dads. May they be leaders in their house, Lord, in the things of Christ. May they be excited about following a heart after you. May they just instill that into their children. I pray this in your name and by your blood. And all God's people said, 